Welcome everybody to a very, very special edition of Reasonable Wrestling. Uh, I guess we can call it uh, Reasonable Wrestling <laughs> with our guest host. Uh, shout out uh, shout out to Wrestle Rap. Uh, we got Vin, um, at Mighty Vin uh, uh, from Wrestle Rap here on the show, man. Thank you for taking Welcome. the time out, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. I, I, I definitely want to be on more podcasts. I... I like the community that Wrestle Rap has sort of become a part of uh-huh. over the past couple of years, especially on Twitter. It's been very, um, I guess, enlightening would be the word to like see what's been going on on wrestling Twitter, like big air quotes, wrestling Twitter. Right. Over the past like couple of months. I, I'm um, not. I'm not big on this wrestling Twitter. Were you before you got involved with the show? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, it, 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 I definitely started paying more attention to it because okay. for me, like social media should be like fun mm-hmm. and yeah. it should be like something I check into all the time during the day to like not escape, but just like do several things, like get the pulse of what's going on, see what people are talking about. Maybe like see some cool images or like someone will post a match I haven't seen or so, you know, just to get like some good information and it seems like every week there's like new shitty drama going on. <laughs> yeah, wrestling Twitter is toxic in its own right. But honestly, wrestling Twitter reminds me of what I used to see on the wrestling forums back in the day. Because I was a real uh, big wrestling nerd okay. growing up. So when I used to go to wrestling forums, that's exactly what we see on wrestling Twitter. People just having bickering over just really nothing. But opinions basically on wrestling, and then uh, then there'll be something happening with some drama with a wrestler, and then it blows up, you know, or something happens with a company and it blows up, and everybody has uh, their take on it. I think it's cool to see everybody's different opinions, though. Not that everybody's opinions warranted or you know valid, but I think everybody has a voice on Twitter, which is interesting, and to see the the discourse, I, I do like the discourse that it brings. So, so it, you take the good with the bad. Well, yeah, the discourse is good. It's just I never, ever need to see, like, wrestling journalists, like, fight each other. Bro, or, like, okay, okay. Twitter wars. All right, let's, let's, <laughs> all right, now, I'm glad you brought this up. So, for everybody who, who kind of don't know, um, myself and CT, we kind of have film background. Um, I, uh, he, he, uh, has done films in the, in the illustrious New York City. Um, <laughs> I, uh, went to Fulcell University, uh, tried to get my film, my bachelor's in film. Um, but previously I got my, uh, associates in, ma- uh, uh, multimedia and journalism, right? Can there be journalism done correctly in wrestling and what would you like to see in your journalism and wrestling? Uh, because what is your background in this communication field that, that we're in? Well, I have a I have a degree in journalism. Okay. Um, I had previously before WrestleRap done a, a different, a very different podcast that was more of like a Mark Marin like NPR style 
like each episode was a long form interview. Really? With someone in like the entertainment industry. Oh, sad. And that went, yeah, and that went really well. Um, the height of that came when I interviewed um, a woman who was the first um, female writer for one of the Marvel movies. She uh, she was the writer of Guardians of the Galaxy. Really? And, and that was really fun. And the next day I woke up and someone was like, oh, like Google your name and like hit like news. And I'm like, why? What's going on? So I like looked it up and apparently like she had let something slip like during the interview and like all these news outlets were like picking it up oh, and, it, okay. and it wasn't even anything big like cause she, cause she also wrote the Captain Marvel movie that came out like she co-wrote that so she let slip at the time she was like uh, and this kind of goes to show you like how people just want those clicks right yes and they just want to like spin everything cause like all she said was oh Captain Marvel I can't talk about it right now because we're still working on the script, but as you know, Captain Marvel has a similar origin story to Green Lantern, so we're keeping that into account, and, you know, to make sure that it's not that similar. Okay. Which is, like, fine. But then, like, people picked that up, and all of a sudden there were headlines on, like, io9 and, like, Hollywood Reporter that, like, <laughs> oh, Captain Marvel writer says that, like, they're running scared of DC's Green Lantern. And it's like, that's not what you say at all. Like, I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan know how the Marvel fans they'll take any little nitpick of any kind of knowledge and blow it up you know because they, they especially with the movies coming out they'll take any little thing and make a whole storyline on what they said and read too much into something but that's how it works online yeah it's it's absolutely insane but like but like so that's that's kind of the the it's like the podcast I used to do like Rusev's gonna come on the podcast and like he comes on and like the first question out of your mouth is like, "So what's it like to be a wrestler?" <laughs> like that's not like you have to really like. I always try and think about if I'm interviewing someone like, what are the questions that they hear a million times and never to ask like, that question again. Yeah, and like I always pride myself on like five to ten minutes into any interview, I liked having a moment where I either like caught someone off guard with a question they weren't expecting. Or, like, talk to them about something that I found out that they were, like, super interested in. That they had, like, it's like a pet hobby. Because then all of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute, how'd you know that? It's like, well, I, well yeah, I do like that. What do you, what, what you want to talk about with that? And it brings it from being an interview to being a conversation. I like that. I think that's the most important thing when, when you're doing a podcast or any kind of interview forum. Is that, like... You want to make it a conversation. You don't want it to be like an interview. I could see an interview, you know, it's five million interviews with the same person on 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 YouTube. You know, how are you going to make yourself different? For sure, for sure. Me and Chris were just talking about that. He'll tell you um, what we try to do with our show is just we want to, you know, start with, you know, obviously the introductions and all that stuff, and get really to the conversation, and, and that's where we kind of we try we try to navigate to. So with that being said. Right now, this has been a unprecedented time for wrestling fans and wrestlers. Um, how are you coping with everything going on with COVID-19? How are you coping with uh, even that, whether you know your work with you know with um, the way you're watching and consuming wrestling? How do you coping right now at the moment? Well, me personally, I'm I'm coping 
pretty well because I'm a big introvert anyway, so, like, I'm not necessarily, like, going outside a whole lot. Um, I think technology makes it a lot easier to stay inside, uh-huh. frankly. Like, it hasn't been that hard. Like, some people have adjusted big time in the sense that they, when it first happened, they kind of didn't know what to do, like, how, oh, how am I going to communicate with friends now? How am I going to see people, I, uh, you know, that I only see every once in a while? And I think a lot of those people have very quickly had to adopt things like Skype and Discord and Zoom, um, whereas maybe they hadn't done so in the past. Like, I think we're seeing that there were a lot more people holding out on technology than maybe we had assumed for the year 2020. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead, Chris. No, I was I was actually going to um, you know piggyback off that as um, I'm still fiddling with our technology that we just recently got. Um, you know, we've seen, man, the the boom in uh, 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 podcasts um, uh, and, and, and things of that nature. Um, but it's, it's funny that you say people coping. Uh, we asked the question about people coping because just as of today, you know, it, it, a releasing day, you know what I mean? So... With 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 this COVID nineteen, it has affected business in real time that we haven't seen other than dark side of wrestling. You know what I mean? So, um, I, with this with technology, journalism, and this realism that we that we have with wrestling, I think it's a really unique time as wrestling fans. Um, but wrestling fans usually don't have nuance, so it's great that we can have a communica- uh, communication with, you know what I mean, like this, so we can actually digest what's going on, you know what I mean? Um, with, with that being said, the releases, man, how do you feel? What 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 is what is your natural fucking re- reverb to that? Well, it's, it's interesting, and, and I tend to... I mean, it starts at the top, right? It starts with Vince McMahon. You know, he makes the call on everything. So right. if you're going to let, you know, 20 wrestlers go and then fire, you know, a handful of other people from the Performance Center, you know, he fired Mike Chioda, who's been a referee for, you know, 30 years. Um, I think it starts at the top. You know, we're hearing very quickly now that... Or being reminded, rather that WWE has a half a billion dollar war chest that they can basically touch if they needed to on a rainy day. And this would seem like the perfect opportunity, like if not now, when, to open that up and save some talent. And you've got Linda McMahon giving $18 million via her super PAC to Donald Trump uh, in the state of Florida, or the governor of Florida, rather, Yep. so that... WWE can be listed as an essential service. Yeah, and you could have easily given that $18 million to to your talent, to the workers who keep you afloat. And, you know, some people are going to sit there and argue, well, they've had a glut of talent for the past, you know, two or three years. They've hired too many people. Yeah, but they've hired too many people off the back of them having too much money. Like well, they've they've had to still have had the money to hire those people. That money didn't just go away in the yeah. past month. Like those TV deals are the TV deals. The TV deals don't go down on a month-to-month basis based on well you're doing empty arena shows now or oh we're not 
able to sell ads on the show. Like, they've got their money, and they've got their Saudi money, too. Yeah, do you think that the TV deals contingent upon them actually performing live TV? Because if the TV deals are tied to them actually performing live TV, WWE is in a place where they have to make very, very tough decisions on do we continue as a company? Do we stay and make people work that you know we that can work? And then now, as far as the war chest, I'm not I'm not so familiar with that. I don't know if that's like. Who, who said they had the war chest of physical? No, it would, no, that's, that's, that's reported, that's reported, um, so, um, in the reports, WWE has, uh, 500 million, um, they, they have 500 million, Vince took out 500 million, I think the company as itself was a little bit over a billion, um, so they have, um, 500 million cash on hand, um, from the reports that I was seeing. Uh, now, uh, to what Vin, Vin was saying in the conversation that I kind of want to get into that is very hard to do so on Twitter, because when you mention discourse, um, a lot of people seem to don't want to have discourse. You know what I mean? A lot of people want to have their opinion, want to say what they want to say and move out the way. A lot of people kind of really don't have the capacity to have a conversation. So with that being said, um, do um, CT wanted to ask the question. I will let him ask the question. Go ahead, CT, because this what this is going to set up what I want to ask Vince. So go ahead and, and ask Vince what you was going to ask earlier. Well, yeah, I was thinking. So, um, with WWE paying, you know, the state of Florida to be kind of considered an essential business, do you see WWE provided entertainment an essential business? And is that a debate that can be had? You know, or is it just something right now that is cut and dry? WWE is not essential during these times. They clearly had the connections to put them in positions to continue doing business for whatever reasons they are deciding to do business while cutting talent and, and they're in a position where they have to, you know, it's a recession, honestly. So we have, so they're making some, some interesting choices. The XFL was just shut down. So I'm not. I don't think all these things are happening for no reason, and they can just keep talent. So I was curious, what do you guys feel like with WWE being an essential? Essential, is it essential to run business during this time well, in pandemic? Well, here's I'll I'll cite two examples, and one sort of a more nebulous um, example. Um, the more nebulous one is you look at the smaller companies like Impact, MLW, Ring of Honor. Even, even uh, something like AEW, where even though AEW is running shows, still they've, they've got it taped up for a while. They, you know, they sort of have put a lot of it in the can and, are, and the, in terms of the people working every week, that's very minimal. Um, but even taking AEW out of the equation, a lot of the smaller companies have, it seems, have taken the approach of, let's shut down for a little while. We're going to take a hit. But we know that when we ramp this thing back up, we'll be able to sort of get back to where we were because we and, and you have to be thrifty about it. You know, you're not going to go from zero to 100 again overnight, but by sort of putting the whole thing on ice and saying, you know what, let's just play it safe. We're not going to pay everyone right now, but when we get back, you know, we're going to get back full. You know, we're going to sort of get back as big as we can be. Um, I think that's a smart strategy. I think the other example that's much more specific is 
you know, on the same day today that we see WWE uh, cutting big talent and, you know, all the talk about, uh, you know, who's giving money to what politician to be known as an essential service, you have a lot of the major Japanese wrestling companies coming together to go to their uh, House of Representatives. And you had Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, standing next to Marafuji um, with the House of Representatives and the government of Japan saying wrestling should be the last thing oh. to be opened. And specifically, Tanahashi said it should be the last thing to be opened so that when you see wrestling going on in Japan, you know that it's the all clear, that, that things are back Everything's to normal. Everything's all right. Okay. Like, like, we want to be that bellwether that if you that, that when you finally see New Japan up and running again, like, you could rest easy knowing that, like, we've got the all clear on this. Now, that, okay. that, that's, 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 that's interesting considering the economics of both countries, right? So, um, and, and not to get too political, but I don't, we, me and CT, we have a, on our podcast, we have a, a, a segment on the show called Business and Logic, where we try to have a, a very, um, 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 intricate conversation of why things happen in the business for the sake of business logic. You know what I mean? Um, so with yeah. that being said, there's a lot of business in WWE paying $18 million to a, govern a governor who is a part of something that runs the house, which you're saying in, in Japan, because right now, I don't know if a lot of people really understand the impact of sports in America when it comes to the economy. Um, a lot of people may not understand the, uh, the, the, the parking attendants, the ticket takers, the, 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 the gatekeepers, all of those right now without economic, without anything going right now, they don't have anything. And I, and I use the example of LeBron, right? When LeBron left Cleveland the, to, 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 to go to Miami it killed that economy. That that particular subsection of Ohio was murdered because there was no economy uh, 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 f f uh, to stimulate it. Yeah. Um, WWE has privately owned warehouses that can be right now housed for NFL, uh, NBA. Um, but we have drafts coming up. We have combines and shit. Could there be a way where WWE is considered essential for the simple fact that they will help the other businesses? Well, then that again that goes back to the top. Is Vince McMahon the type of person who would reach out to another sport like the NFL when he just tried to get the XFL back on top again? And say and say, you know what? We've got a couple of warehouses in Stanford. Why don't you bring some teams up here and play a couple charity games? I don't see that happening. I uh. see Vince McMahon going, like, like we're not going to use our like. Why are we going to give up our resources to completely other sports? I think I've heard some things where there, people might be reaching out to do some kind of sport there, but I'm not sure if it's. Um, mainstream. I'm not sure, you know. So, I, and with that being, with it being something 
where you know that the people can train at the PC. You can, you know, there's an actual arena where they've actually done shows during this pandemic. It gives the atmosphere for even Vince to make a little couple extra bucks during this time, if he were to be that type of guy to take it as a business opportunity. Now we now, we know everything we know. about Vince to be business, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure he's figuring out some way to leverage himself. Well, yeah, if all of a sudden there's money involved and Adam Silver goes to Vince McMahon, and it's like we need you know five warehouses that you have so that we can you know have the Eastern Conference train on the East Coast. Like, I'm sure he'll 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 figure out some deal to get it done. You just can't but get, I just like, don't think that's... I just don't think it's... I, I think it's less plausible. No. I mean, I can see it happening. I just don't see it happening with necessarily him putting on another wrestling show in his building. I mean, it depends, you know, on how bad things are really during, you know, on the books back there. No, I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think, no, but I don't think there's, there's zero chance a wrestling company comes in there, but I definitely do believe that he'll do other sporting events for sure. It's possible. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I know there's that new commission that just formed today that like, all, Rob Manfred and Adam Silver and Vincent Man, like they're all a part of it now. Um, so who knows what they're thinking up? Yeah, who, I, know, who right. knows what the president's thinking at you any know, given time? Like, you know, I don't like when we get a whole bunch of powerful um, structures of these organizations together in one room to decide how things will be in the future. It's kind of messed up, you know, because I don't think things will ever be the same per se. I don't think it's going to be like, hey, you know, we're going to see the, like, the NBA the same. I think the NFL might be a little bit different d depending on the circumstances. And I think we'll get to a time where things are more normal again. But during this time, it's weird to have these guys getting all together and deciding, all right, this is how entertainment will be viewed through sports. I mean, somebody got to figure it out, I guess. But they are setting the, the stage for what's going to be the business. Now I know I, I know boys saying that it's not essential, right? Um, and I had my sentiments when it came to was wrestling essential, running WrestleMania, were the were the employees healthy, and things like that. Um, and like I said, by getting the numbers of what I see from from WWE, and even according to the releases that's happening today. Um, a pandemic is not going to interrupt business. You know what I mean? Regard whether it's WWE's business, whether it's America's business, and I th I think that's the conversation that a lot of people are scared to have because we are all subsidiaries in this. You know what I mean? Like we don't have any control of it, so we want to voice our opinion and what we feel like is going to happen. But realistically, man, business is man. I used and it's not a joke or anything like that. Owen passed. In a room, in a ring, and 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 they were like next matchup. So as far as running a, a venue with empty, uh, a empty venue, well, you know, with a skeleton crew uh, to maintain the two hundred and fifty million that Fox gave them for this year, because that's a billion dollars over five years. I think that's that's Yo, fairly that enough. Much. Yeah, it's someone, it someone behind you. Like, yeah, shout out to Rich, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> cousin, cousin, cousin Rich, cousin Rich snapping pics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead. 
No, 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 no. I was, I was, I was done on that point. Just like what, because I mean the, again, I you know I asked Vince about Vince about the, the the releases, and and it, I think the only messed up part about it for me is that if you got bailed out, then you should have bailed your boys out. You know what I mean? Now, if they didn't get bailed out and he had to release them, then I can understand it. But if he got bailed out and he released boys, I think that is the grimy part of business that I wasn't expecting to see during this time. I think that I think I think that WWE used to cut a lot of people at a higher rate before. I think that we've seen a period of time where they were just kind of just stacking talent to the point where people are really not doing much. As you said earlier today, I mean, we, we were texting about this earlier. These guys are, you know, some people are being utilized, some people weren't you being utilized to the, to the to the degree of the past. So, in a time like this, is it expected? I mean, there's certain talent that I would not have liked to see go. You know, I'm going to shout out to Leo Rush. I, I wish he was, I think he had a bright future with the company. But is this expected? And I think these guys have opportunities elsewhere, to be honest. Well, and this is something I was talking, and this may be a different conversation, but I was talking to someone earlier, and we were kind of making fun of whenever uh, WWE, like, they do these releases. I always think back to when they try and do stuff outside of the wrestling ring yeah, to promote the fact that, like, oh, we're a big WWE family. Like, we do charity work together, and we sing songs, and... You know, do do promos and, and go to you know all, on, on important uh, months we go to museums and learn about culture together, and it's like yeah, but then you'll cut a bunch of people and then you'll never ever talk to them ever again. So it's it just serves to remind everyone that that you're a business. So like if you just acted like one, I think people would almost like respect you a little more. Like don't put on. I hate when people are like. Like, don't put on the facade that you're a big kumbaya family. Yes. When you're an actual business. Yes. I hear you. Yes. And I think that's the misconception because we have this uh, dichotomy where people, there are people who think WWE can do no wrong, and there's people who think that WWE is a devil. You know, there's, so it's, it's, it's people who, who buy into the, the image. You know, and we always relate WWE on our podcast to Disney. It's really the top, like, they promote this, you know, especially for the past couple of years with it being PG and them being um, a traded company. It just changed the landscape of the business. So it's not that super net family that it used to be back in the 90s, and that's expected with it being a corporation, with it being a capitalist, you know, entity. Um, so this is expected, and this is part of doing business when times are rough, and that's just the harsh truth. Yeah, like, I always tell people like I when it comes to WWE like I will pay attention to it whenever there's talented people there that are doing things that I like right if if that's not happening I'm not just gonna watch it because it's WWE yes thank you like I um and it's funny I talk to people all the time who genuinely want something different but even still, like, we'll, we'll bitch and moan about Raw every week. And I keep telling them, like, this was, I was talking to someone, like, a year and a half ago, and I was like, dude, you gotta, like, check out, like, you would love New Japan. Or, like, you would love what, you know, MLW is starting up. 
And they're like, yeah, but uh, I gotta watch like more wrestling every week. Then. I'm like, no, you just <laughs> no, you can stop. Wa- you can stop yeah, watching like, WWE like, and like, watch something else. Watch, they're like, watch the better thing. And they're like, yeah, but you know, I've been watching Raw for like 20 years. And it's like that's how they've got these people. They got me. I'll tell you that. Like, I'm yeah, yeah. Me, like, me and CT has this fight every <laughs> week. Yeah, man. It's like, you know what? Every and every once in a while there'll be a good raw, and it'll be like, okay, good. I got a good one this week. Yeah, exactly. Every once in a while, and, and like we always say that one good Friday. You know, like that yeah. one good one that you know you get out of the, out of sh- you know, not it's not all shit though. People fail to realize sometimes. And they, I think they grade WWE on a curve because of being WWE. I think on both scales. I think there are people who are really hard on WWE for every little thing they do. And I think there's people who are just, you know, uh, they think WWE can't do no wrong, period. You know, so it, I think there's people on both scales. And it depends on what wrestling you actually watch. And it's a broad spectrum. Like you said, New Japan, that strong style is just different, you know. People have gravitated towards it, especially during an era. But for people who like, you know, larger-than-life characters – there's only one place to go, you know? And, and there's obviously AEW shots to them. They're doing their thing and growing their own little thing on television, and they'll get there. But there's only one place to go if you're coming to wrestling for those characters. And I think that's what we fail to realize sometimes is that everybody takes something different from this from this thing we call wrestling. It's very subjective. Yeah, and people are also a little spoiled um, with just how good the work rate is with wrestling in 2020. Right. Or yep. even, like, a couple of years ago. Like, if you really want to just, like, shut your brain off and watch an episode of Raw just for, you know, the people involved in the matches, like, you'll have, like, like just sort of a, a, I guess you'd call it just, like, a TV match in 2020 would be an excellent pay-per-view match, like, 20 years ago. And... Uh- and like, cause like, especially you go back and watch a lot of those pay-per-views from the Attitude Era, and in terms of like work rate and angering action, trash. they suck. Trash. Yeah. Trash. No, they're they're like, it's just like the drizzling shits of like, everyone's got to come. Every ever match, someone's walking out with like a big garbage can that they're gonna hit someone with. Yeah. And like. Everyone's move set is just, like the matches don't last that long. Everyone's move set is um, punch, kick, body slam, back body drop. Yeah, yeah, rest hold, rest hold, body slam. Like it's the evolution of the of the craft of the art form, you know. And and it, it, if you look at it and you judge it based off a of work rate, clearly it's it's a whole new structure. I think that what people want now. Um, is very is much very much based in nostalgia. You know, they don't give it grade it on what it is right now and saying, Hey, these are great characters we're seeing in front of us so in front of us today, these are great matches we're seeing. I'll I will i say it just right now, um Ruby Riot, you wanna see that strong style stuff, Ruby Riot and Oscar just beat the shit out of each other on Raw. Like that was pretty physical match and I liked the way that well, they sequenced it. Well, um, here, but, well here's here's the thing about that. And let's assume for a second that that match all things even, like, it's, t- it's still taking place in front of a big crowd that's just a normal Raw every week. Right. You have an example like that where they'll have a match like that, and maybe, like, you or I will watch it, and, like, a small amount of people online will take notice that, like, oh, wow, they actually have, like, a really good hard-hitting match. But, like, the WWE problem has always been that they never let that grow. They'll never capitalize on it. They'll never take a Ruby Riot 
and see like oh well maybe this can go somewhere like you know where they where they actually did something recently that it actually went somewhere and they did it really well was fucking otis yes otis and mandy was a great storyline it was simple the way they got tucker involved how they made it seem like oh he may be betraying otis but no it turns out at the end of the day he was just looking out for him like they, it, it, it hit all the right notes for what it needed to be. And honestly, if, if there was a crowd for this year's WrestleMania, it would have had the biggest pop out of any match. Yes. I'm, I'm 100% certain of that. Because wow. it's simple storytelling done well, which is something that WWE either does not do well these days or like they try and like overshoot. They even try and like overshoot angles and make them run too long. Or they make an angle that fizzles out right away. Right. Just saying that, man. Yeah. I was saying that NXT is falling into that trap now too, a little bit where they're taking things that they're dragging out a little bit too long. At least for my taste, you know, I think that storylines are great in like you know short doses and very simple. You know, uh, when you and, and over time a storyline can be more elaborate. You know, but and I think they do that with the throwbacks in NXT very well. Uh, but like you said, like with fans they'll they'll they, like you know we'll, we'll notice that but wwe is just late to the figure late late to the party and that's naturally when you have um a corporation they're not paying attention as much as we think they do and then they try to, and then when they do pay attention it's like they, they give us something that's a little bit yeah that's a little bit on par but it's not quite what we're looking for you know um but we see that these men and women are busting their ass like, like they're having some of the best matches work rate wise I think that it's just about you know harking back to like the simple base storytelling Otis and Mandy have now been made by that story you know they're now characters who we've have who have a, a backstory together that's very simple and they're putting it together I think that's why people gravitate towards NXT a lot because they actually take the time for their storytelling but I do think that you want to not drag it out and understand when to pull the trigger on some of these new um, acts, you know, and and with with uh, to to piggyback to piggyback off the 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 subjectivity of wrestling, right? Um, everybody has a palate. That's very understood. You know what I mean? Um, now, when CT's talking about people would judge it too harshly, or people would you know would take WWE whatever it is, I think. It, it is the do the you know the du- the duality of it's hard for us to give you a benefit of the doubt when you're the biggest guy in town right you you don't have those that like in sports right LeBron doesn't get the equity to mess up you know what I mean why because he's the best fucking player that possibly we've ever seen so when he fails it is upon some people to be like you failed you know what I mean and when he fails, there are a people who it's, it's incumbent upon them to be like, well, you know, and, and cape, you know, for him. So I think WWE falls in that category to where, like, yes, if you got 30 writers on staff, shit shouldn't suck. Shit, shit should not, we, we should not, there should not be a continuity issue. There should not be too many times where we have to beg for drawbacks. I watch the network at least 20 hours out the fucking week and I can pull back things that are happening now and create a storyline that makes sense and that that will, that, will, that will talk to 
us three times three times three to whatever that is. You know what I mean? Like, but when it comes to the other stuff, um, I was late to New Japan, but I got a Kenny Omega journal right now. Shout out to West Side Gun. Um, you know what I mean? Because CT put me on story, the long form storytelling, right? Otis and Mandy and Dolph, that thing went on about 10, what, 10 weeks, 12 weeks. It was, it, it was the week before, two weeks before Valentine's Day when she was like, I don't have nothing to do. I got something to do this Friday, but I'm off next Friday. Like that was damn near the end of January, <laughs> nigga. <months> ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, so it is storytelling if we're looking for it. You know what I mean? Um, I, you're talking to two Bray marks right here. Like we loved WrestleMania and what Bray did with with Cena, and even I fucking popped in my living room when it was Bray and Braun because of that storyline, that storytelling that's available. Um, I, I do think though that man, it's 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 really hard to find smart fans, man, to have come along. I mean, it's, it's hard to find smart fans, man. Well, it's not even about having smart fans. I think like you don't need to be smart to respond to good storytelling. Like mm-hmm. your like your brain knows it when it when it sees it. So I but I think WWE doesn't they don't put trust in the fans. No, no. Like a year, like a year, and it was, it's, it's like over a year and a half ago now when they came out, uh, when they, when they kind of like hit the reset button and they came out and said like, oh, now the, the WWE universe, like you're in charge now. Like, <laughs> you're gonna, we're going to start oh, listening dude, to that you. Was bullshit when they said it. Come on. We're going to bring up all your favorites like EC3 and Johnny Gargano. It's like, and now look at EC3, poor EC3. <laughs> and, and, and I just had, and, and that's the, and, and so like I had a kind of, you know, kind of a, like I said, a lot of people don't like discourse. Um, tried to have a conversation with Stat Guy Greg, you know what I mean? Shout out to Cheap Heat, man. Shout out to Peter Rosenberg. Uh, tried to have a conversation because, <clears throat> excuse me, as wrestling fans, we do have skepticism, right? We have skepticism. We were, I, with skepticism, skepticism, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm drinking a beer. I was skeptical of WrestleMania with no crowd because of the situation, like you said, Otis moment, uh, Drew McIntyre's moment. Um, as great as that triple threat ladder match was, I mean, imagine the other three guys and the spots added to that because we had a crowd. I mean, Charlotte, like... We can't say that WrestleMania was not hindered to COVID. Now, what they prepared and gave to us now uh, was something that we wasn't expecting because our expectations was low. And I think that we can have that conversation where I can be skeptical that this shit is going to be trash and then be surprised that the shit is not also trash. Yeah, I think that in terms of this WrestleMania... I mean, honestly, I think it was a two, a two match card. I think it was the Boneyard match mm. and the the Firefly Funhouse match. Yo, Chris killed that Boneyard match. Honestly, I didn't think it was. I, I fucking hated that now, shit. Now here's the thing: I, I like the Firefly. Thing in the world. This thing, I I like the Firefly Funhouse match more. I am. I did not. Even though I, I'm giving props to the Boneyard match because I think that they made the right call. 
and doing something more cinematic with it. Right. This is going to hide The Undertaker's oldness. Weaknesses. Yeah, yeah weaknesses. Yeah, I am, yeah. I, with that strong. said, I am not a, I am not at all a fan of the Undertaker. So I, that match kind of didn't do. Whoa, all nah, hold on, Ben, hold on, hold on, CT, CT, hold on. And I said months ago that I was like, oh, I think we're done with. Hold on, CT, I, I, I got, I gotta get Ben, dog. I gotta step in. You are not a fan of the Undertaker. No, even as a kid, when when you'd see the footage of like, oh, he's scaring kids in the front row, it's like. Get the fuck out of here with this guy. He just, <laughs> he just walks slow. What he's not, he's not like, he's one of the scared. best characters. He's on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. You know that, right? Yeah, he's I know. The character of wrestling. Yeah, it's true. It is. He is. You know, on my Mount Rushmore, I know that like, the majority of people will fight me on this and say that he, he is on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. He had his time. But I just think that the longer he sticks around, the more he diminishes his legacy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. It's gotten to the point because, you know, he got so mad when he came back after the Roman thing. He's like, he put his hat down. Bro. But he put his And then a year later, you're like, oh, I'm going to fight John Cena. It's like, what? And and so now, now listen, I'm not going to hold you. I was in New Orleans, dog, and I've never been to a Mania. That was my first Mania 34. So, granted, I never saw this. This is I never saw Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? So, when the gong went off, I'm not gonna lie, man. Electricity shot through my fucking body. I'm not really those Mark guys. Like I, I don't really do that. But when I heard the there live and you get to see the undertaker's gong like that's obviously that's gonna be it's special like, it's like when they say a feeling comes over the crowd they're dead ass i was there in new york during wrestlemania 29 i believe same ass thing it's like you get kind of like the little goosebumps feel and then you feel the heat of the, of the oh flames? the flames oh my yeah, god it was hot as fuck the live crowd is pretty dope well 20 20 that, 29 was his 29 was his last best match every year like <laughs> just his entrance yeah like can undertaker be like the like if he could be the permanent host of wrestlemania <laughs> where he just introduces the show every year so he gets the entrance welcome <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I guess every single year he's a dead man. He comes back. Yeah, he just comes back like watch in peace or whatever. Watch in peace. Hashtag watch in peace. Oh man, so so Vin, what what is your what what is your what is um what is on your palate uh, for wrestling? Um, since we know WWE is high high up on on your ranking, uh, what 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 can we catch Vin watching? Total New Japan mark. I think that they, I, I got into New Japan like a long time ago and have stuck with it for a long time now. How and long? How I, long? I, I like. I got into it um, in the late nineties, and mm. then there was a period where like it wasn't that hot, um, where they had people like Bob Sapp as champion, um, and like they put the belt on Brock Lesnar for a little while. Um, 
Shinsuke Nakamura talks about fighting Brock Lesnar during that time and basically like crying because Brock Lesnar like did not respect the business at all nope and Shinsuke Nakamura was like super super reverent um but then like in the past I'd say 10 years like they found they've they've they found their like next golden age like there's no denying that New Japan even right now is like in the middle of the highest highs that they've had in at least 20 years. Yeah. Like, the fact that they did a super card last year at Madison Square Garden and now have dumped the dead weight of Ring of Honor and are doing another one this year without them, just on their own, um, I think that speaks volumes. Um, uh, definitely. The fact definitely. Ring of Honor's on a come-up right now. Uh, I'm not going to lie, though. I haven't really tuned into it uh, since Bullet Club left. And that tuned me out for a little bit. So well, I that think tuned that, a lot of people. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, I I still want to tune in for Okada. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. I, I love his matches. Um, him and Cody. I thought they should have put the title on Kota though. You know. So I, I, I you know if they got Kota the championship, I probably would have been still tuned in. But New Japan is always going to give you New Japan. Like it's at a certain point right now where the matches are just on another level. So if you're going to see, uh, hey, I want to see a really good wrestling match, you, they can't, you can't miss. Like, you really can't. No, in my opinion, you really can't miss. Um, I think they, I think they, they have it, they have it right on the money where they give their wrestlers enough time. Like, I like the format. I like the idea that um, each pay-per-view, or I guess they don't really have pay-per-views, but like each big event. Um, basically has a tour built around it. So you've got, like, uh -huh. you know, the road to Wrestle Kingdom, like the road to, you know, Sakura Genesis or the road to Wrestling Duntaku, where you're going to get, like, a good amount of action and you're going to build the storylines up to the big event, but you're also going to get mostly mixed tag matches so that you get, like, a taste of everything, but the main guys, like, Naito doesn't have to work that hard. Okay. You know, like the main, like Abushi doesn't have to work that hard, so that when the actual like big event comes around, they're gonna go all out. Okay. Like they're gonna give, they're, that's why they're gonna give you the biggest match in the world, because they're not killing themselves every night, and exactly. then they can give up for the next big event. And that's why Wrestle Kingdom has this reputation as being like the best show of the year, and it's only January because basically like the road to Wrestle Kingdom is already set, like, well in advance of December. So it's like, you know, they have a couple shows in December to sort of close out the year, but they kind of have their guys... They kind of have, like, a big break. Like, between the G1 and Wrestle Kingdom, they fill the, they fill the schedule with, like, the World Tag League. Um, they'll do, like, another smaller tournament... Um, so they give their top guys like a lot of time to recuperate. Okay. Now with this, right. with the new, the new Japan conversation, um, I'm gonna keep it a buck. <clears throat> um, I, I was only a wrestling fan of the bubble that I was in. So WWF, WWE, you know, um, briefly TNA. Um, I didn't hear about ROH until honestly last decade, like 2000, 2010, 11, 12 ish is when I first heard of Ring of Honor. Um, and 
right around when I started paying attention to other wrestling, uh, the Renaissance Man came along. Fergo. I think Fergo is the biggest influence to this new age of wrestling than a lot of people want to give him credit for. For the simple fact of what you just said, New Japan's biggest rise is off the back of what he did about eight years ago. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. I mean, I think that, you know, you look at something like Ring of Honor, who has such a close relationship with New Japan up to this point, and, you know, what happens when when Bullet Club left or when they didn't really have access to them anymore. Right. All of a sudden, it's like, you know, you've got nothing because all the American Bullet Club guys left to go start AEW, which... That's a whole other conversation because I've always said that All In, um, All In was great, but it kind of felt like at that moment, one of two things was were going to happen. Either this was going to be the start of like a new wrestling union, where like smaller wrestling companies were going to all come together, and we we're going to have like almost like a new form of the territory system. Okay, almost and. You know, maybe even get something going where, like, you know, wrestlers band together to fight for health care or something. Or what happened, or, or what actually happened would have happened, which is all the guys involved were going to run off and start their own company. And that's what happened. That's what ended up happening, and I think that really killed Ring of Honor for a little while because Ring of Honor helped them put on all in. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, thanks for helping us. We're gonna all leave now. That's why. Like, that's that's what the business side was. I didn't really. Know, I know Sinclair had a lot to do with. All, so, um, in our early uh, episodes of the podcast, when we were talking about this, talking about an ignorant, but just having logical conversation, I was really under the impression that Ring of Honor and AEW, if that was going to be the company, would have a really good working relationship, for the simple fact that. Um, they didn't take what was on the table because ROH kind of, for whatever work, whatever it is, didn't see the worth in what they wanted to give them. And then gave it to Marty Scrow. Now, love Marty, right? Marty should have won the title at that supercard that we talked about. I, we were there. Um, Marty should have won the ROH championship then that could have possibly gave them some type of leverage or something to help. No, but. I, I, there too. Matt Taven was not it. Yeah. No, he was not, not it. it not at not at all. The, the 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 winds of that show left when Matt Taven went off that ladder. Yeah, and, and, I mean it's it's weird because like the, the match itself was not bad. I think the the wind left everyone's sails um when Enzo and Cass like started fighting. <laughs> oh really? I I mean cause that was crazy, but I thought that was staged. But it wasn't. Oh, that was that. It was staged. I think New Japan didn't know about it. No, because oh, and then, that and and, and, like, and that was right before. Tell everybody. That was right before Coda. Wasn't that right? That was either right before Hiroshi and Zack Saber, or it was before Coda right and Tanahashi. Okay. Yep. All right. So yep, it was right before the the open the open shit the um open weight championship right with with, with Zack and uh, the, Brit- the, the British the British championship. championship. Yep. 
Look yeah, down. like that was a that was a weird cart, and I've been saying this for almost a year now since I've seen it, but it's still true. It's no, it's nonetheless true that every New Japan match on that card, the crowd went fucking nuts. Whenever there was a Ring of Honor match, it cut like that was like every Ring of Honor match was a piss break, except for like <laughs> maybe two of them, like. New Japan was on like it's like at its peak peak was, at that moment, and, you know it's still it's, it's still rising. Don't get me wrong, but it was outshining everything, you know. At, at first, especially when, when it was the whole Kenny uh, Okada thing, it just outshined everything in wrestling for a moment, and then it really kind of strung out until uh, that that show. You I know? think that uh, it, I think that it overshadowed our our which is kind of spot if we're doing spot, like even at the top of the show they did this like honor rumble thing. yes yeah the same and, thing they did with the AEW type of thing and it was just well because it was like some of the guys in the rumble it's like why aren't these guys on the show like they had like ishii in the rumble and like um suzuki yep and it's like why is suzuki like stuck in the rumble <laughs> and then meanwhile like those guys would get big pops and then, like, when a Ring of Honor guy would come out, he'd be like, oh, here comes uh, the, the the Beer City Bruiser. <laughs> you guys like Beer City Bruiser? It's like, <laughs> like, ah, here's uh, Brother Malonis. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, um, ROH, they've, um, they're, they're in a tough spot. You know, they're, they're in a tough spot. I think New Japan kind of took that, that spot where the, um, you know where the indie fan used to used to be, kind of when New Japan. Um, they just uh, right now they they cornered now AEW is kind of in the in the picture. Yep. When it debuted, so uh, what do you think about AEW? I actually, want to ask you real quick. I think they I think they stumbled a little bit out of the gate. Um, I think they forgot very quickly why people wanted to watch them. Yes. And I think since. January, they've done a lot of course correcting. Um, I think that when they first started, they had, and it's not a dumb, it's not necessarily the wrong idea, but they had this idea that, like, okay, uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny, Hangman, all those guys, we're, we're all going to take a step back and we're going to push, like, some newer talent. <laughs> like, yeah, Chris Jericho's going to be the champion, but, like, on, but like on the on the whole, we're gonna push some some people you haven't heard of yet, or that the majority of people haven't heard of. Yeah. Meanwhile, it was all at the expense of not giving Kenny Omega a lot of wins, uh-huh. um, not giving people a reason to care about the Young Bucks. Hangman mm-hmm. um, Page was just some guy who came out on a horse at a paper. <laughs> Somebody and, just drink beer. And yeah, and now it's like. They actually have given those guys things to do because it's like, oh shit, people came to this promotion to see the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. So it's like now that you're giving those guys stuff to do, people want to watch. Like people, yeah. people are getting wasted again. Ironically, I think that in the long run, what they started doing is going to pay off because. It gave us a time to see MJF flourish, a time to see a Darby Allen get some wins and flourish, 
Um, we see, we see, you know, Jungle Boy. He's gonna be a little bit of a. Uh, they're trying to make him this like teenage heartthrob kid. I think they have an image in what they're trying to build with the future's talent because they think they were forced to put me in that position, starting a company from scratch. And now we all saw them just put a title on Kenny, put a title on the Young Bucks, and Cody. We would have killed that too. We would have been like. Oh, they're just making a yeah. company for their friends. So th- that's the thing. So I think that in the long run, they knew how they need to do do it and push some new, some new talent that we don't really are not familiar with. And then and, and that's gonna pay off because people are already attached to those characters now. Now we can have some more mixture of matches that have some stakes. Um, if we saw you know, and I want and, and that's what we what wrestling is really about. When you have the stakes high for your viewers, we get great wrestling or great storytelling you know and the stakes could be high for a lot of different reasons but when you but it it stems from like you know you said basic prior basic storytelling and i think they've done more of a pivot in storytelling as well everything they've done with the exalted one and and Brody lee i'm really liking what they did did, did with that so um they got the death triangle coming out and i'm curious to see where they go they might do a trios championship they created a tournament for the tnt championship so we get a mid-card title that's pretty dope. And once these things start to pan out and we see where it goes, I think we're going to have a well-rounded show. And it takes time, you know? So they got five yeah. years, so they're going to be around for a while. And I think that they definitely – I know NXT said they're playing the long game and, and, and WWE's playing the long game with AEW. But I think they kind of have I don't to. Think they are. I don't think they are. I think that you already saw it back in November where they tried to have NXT stand on its own. And then – when the ratings weren't cutting it very quickly, it's like, oh, Survivor Series coming up? Uh, well, we got to put AJ Styles on an episode of NXT. We got to put, you know, Becky Lynch on an episode of NXT. Yep. And they kind of have not... Like, Charlotte is the NXT champion right now. Uh-huh. So, like, what does that tell you? Like, I think that... Whereas NXT, I think, started out hot... Um. I think they're kind of losing their way a little bit and where I thought AEW maybe like shot out of the gate a little rusty, like they're figuring it out they're figuring it out um way more than NXT is right now. I think AEW is doing a very good job of utilizing their talent and recognizing when something is hot. I think they've done a very good job. People wondered at the start, um, with a guy like Orange Cassidy. Like, how are they going to use Orange Cassidy? This guy seems like a one-trick pony. Like, how do you how do you make him work? Yeah, and they've, they, they've made they him work. Come around. They got me to come around on the Orange Cassidy. I killed that when they first hired him, and I didn't get it. Like, and people and my homie was telling me like, you you don't understand. Like, he's just the coolest guy, and just those reactions, those pops. I did not realize this guy was literally the coolest guy. Um, but yeah, it's working. And it matters when he's in the ring. It matters when he comes out. It matters. So hats off to AEW with that. So they they're finding their own niche as time goes along. And it just you gotta and you gotta give it some time. You know, you gotta give it some time. Yeah, C T yeah. C T was always the one that would tell me I had to give AEW some time just for the simple fact that I wasn't necessarily killing them, but I definitely wasn't um I wasn't a big proponent of them for the simple fact that I did not know what their vision was because they weren't clear of what their vision was. So it was hard for me to kind of follow them when they were all over the place. Now, um, to Vin's point about NXT, 
uh, we we caught it. We smelled it from a mile away uh, when we saw a big talent uh, popping up on NXT. But I think, you know, um, like they say in basketball, it's a game of runs, right? So as NXT is currently trying to find this footing and like we're like, yeah, you should have put the title on Velvet Team and, 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 and you should have gave it to uh, Bianca Belair and like recognizing things are hot. Um, it, it seems like that I, I have... And, and it's not that I have more faith in one or the other, um, but I, okay, I'm not going to lie. I do. I have faith in more in NXT because I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen it. You know what I mean? Um, I, um, with, with AEW, like to Vince's point, um, they were trying to give the rub to other people, which, you know, worked. It, it did work. Um, but I, you know, storytelling wise, if they didn't have the leniency or they didn't have the freedom to do Alpha versus the Omega in New Japan, I don't know why that's not the first thing you do when Paige when when Pac and Paige falls through and Paige and Jericho goes through and you put the title on Jericho, immediately it should have been Kenny and and, and Jericho. Now they've righted the course with Moxley clearly, and and you know, and and Kenny's getting back hot. Um, you know the the tag division, the Bucks, Private Party, Lucha Bros, biggest things you have. You give it to SCU. I have not seen those fucking tag titles since, man. Like I mean, like I haven't seen them fucking since. So like, like you know, it's 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 just. I, I I do I do I am waiting it out. Don't get me wrong. I love the Brody Lee shit. Um, I, I I I like Moxley. I I like um I I actually like Cobb there. I like a lot of the signings. I think Revival is going to pull up there. So I do think their roster is deep. I think their roster is good. Um, I just don't want them to see them fall in the trap of TNA because TNA at some point in time got disgruntled WWE talent. And just squandered that because they gave them creative control. So I, I just don't want that to happen with AEW having the boys have creative control and no direction. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I would hope that doesn't happen. I would hope that they're smarter than that. Um, especially since people like the Young Bucks were in TNA and saw how that went. Like, I would hope that. You know, yeah, you you want the revival in AEW, but you don't necess- But like, you wouldn't want to pick up like the Ascension. For <laughs> <AEW>. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> you wouldn't want to see the Starship. Uh, what was it? Uh, Stardust and oh, Ascension, the the, yeah. the cosmic cosmic wasteland. You know, what happened to the Ascension? <laughs> they were high on NXT. I mean, I remember a session when they first... They, they Don't be hating on a session. Connor can't fucking they, work, they nigga. Got they got married. They came on the main roster, and all of a sudden, it was like, aren't you guys like Demolition? Or like, you're like the Legion of Doom. Except you suck. And it's like, well, why are you telling people that they suck? Like, yeah. Well, JBL, listen. We talk about shovels all the time, man. JBL shit is about golden in the motherfucker, man. JBL has a golden shovel like a son bitch, man. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate you. Barry, anybody don't like it's over. Come over. on, man. Don't disrespect the Hall of Famer, man. Come on, man. Hey, we're not disrespecting anybody here. <laughs> Come on, Maka. 
Harry's in the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame. Oh man. Uh, so Vin, um, are, are you are you are you are you are you a, are you a canceled WWE guy or are you on there often? The um, network, the network. I just don't have subscription. I I will. Again, when it, if something piques my fancy, I'll watch it. That's that's where I am with it. You don't have the network. Uh, I think that, I think that for for the price for nine ninety nine a month, it's a very easy choice for for anyone to get the network. Because even if they never put anything new on it ever again, it's like nine ninety nine is a fair price for thirty years, thirty five years. Yeah, for thirty five years of wrestling, plus like all of WCW and ECW and Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and like we keep hearing that they're gonna have like certain indie promotions on it, like Evolve and Progress. They're the Disney man, Disney Plus of wrestling. Like they're gonna take everything. That's what they're trying to usurp. They're trying to go over to China and make an NXT. They're making the one, or maybe one in the UK. They're trying to usurp the entire wrestling atmosphere and. It's just they just keep growing. This is gonna put a stop on them, and this moment in time is gonna change the landscape. And this is honestly, this whole COVID thing, it does benefit AEW. I'm gonna be quite honest. I'm not sure if anybody making that is like saying that, but I do think it benefiting AEW as far as the landscape shifting. People are not tuning into wrestling as much as they used to, but if AEW can use this opportunity to showcase something that people say, hey, we, you gotta tune into, see. People will look. But they're not different. They're, they're not different. They're not, they're not different. They're running an empty arena show, too. I mean, well, I'll, say, uh, I'll say this. People I know who have either gotten back into wrestling or are just, like, new to wrestling in general seem to be more into AEW. Okay. Like, AEW is tapping into something. Like, again, going back to a guy like Orange Cassidy, who I don't think you would ever see in WWE. But they'll take a risk on them in AEW, uh-huh. and that will be appealing to a lot of people. Like, they can galvanize a fan base around Orange Cassidy. Now they just picked up Matt Hardy. And sure, you could say, well, Matt Hardy's been around for a while, but they never really used his broken gimmick in the way it should have been used in WWE. Now, are they doing a better job with AEW? I don't think it's, it's – I thought it was kind of – so far it hasn't hit for me. I don't know, Jericho yelling at Vanguard 1 and, like, telling him, I want to give you, and I want you in the inner circle, and then, like, fucking cursing <laughs> out on his phone, like... Yeah, I, I think like that was ridiculous. I think it was ridiculous, but it was funny to see Jericho yelling at a Joe and Justin in general. It was a funny image, but it's it's played. It's, it's you know, it's a shtick, you know? So that's what... And, and that's well, where we're I'm... Gonna, well, we're gonna, we're gonna see very quickly, because I don't know what the plans are for him, but... I don't want to see Jericho and Matt Hardy together. I want to see them interact with other people on the roster, and maybe oh, yeah. interested in them. That is not what I want to see. Give me Matt Hardy and Darby Allen. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Um, man. Wrestling. Hour and seven minutes? Hour, hour and seven minutes, man. Yeah, um, so... So rabbit hole sometimes it's like you're. So so Vin Vin, what are what are your expectations? Um, for like we said, AEW has the they're they're doubling down. Um, they're doing their their show in May. Um, Raw has been declared essential and they're doing their live. 
um, events. Um, clearly, we don't know what all the other indie wrestlers are, indie wrestling promotions are capable of doing or, or what they are doing. Like CT said, this is going to be a shift. Uh, but what do you see within the next, what, 30, 45 days of wrestling? Um, do, 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 you, do you think, do you think with COVID, uh, with the releases and with the big time money from the television contracts, do you think that not right now, but what do our wrestlers going to unionize? Our wrestlers going to change how they do business or is this going to be business as usual? Gripes are going to be said, tweets are going to be twat and niggas is going to just be out here waiting to get signed by the next company. The status. I think it's gonna get back to the status quo. Right. I'm not gonna say sooner rather than later, but I think people are gonna be surprised at how seamlessly they get back to it. Uh huh. I think that um, the empty arena stuff is gonna go on for a little while longer. Um, I would not be shocked if a company like AEW even said, like, once May comes around, you know, okay, let's take a couple of weeks off. I wouldn't be shocked by that. I think that WWE... Honestly, I think every company outside of WWE probably has a good contingency plan. And I think they're all going to be be kind of fine. Like, even, like, indie promotions, I think, can sort of just say, you know what, let's let's close up for now, and when we come back... Let's come back strong and hope that people, like, really support us and, like, get us back on our feet. Whereas I think WWE is actually going to have to think long and hard about what it's been doing during the coronavirus in terms of how its public perception is, um, how people see the product in general. Um, people seeing the product is stale because there's a good chance that people come back and they don't or, or excuse me there's a good chance that people who aren't coming back from the product right now just don't come back like Raw what was it, this past week was under 2 million Viewers, I think for the first time, maybe ever. Yeah. Certainly in years. Yes. Yeah. It was it was like just under two million people. Right. And like, that's kind of insane. Like the drop that they've had in viewers like year over year, and they'll say, oh well, it's just because we have the empty arena shows, you know, nobody's watching because of the you know there's more important things going on. Okay. But, like, let's see what happens when you actually get a crowd again. Like, how, how much higher can those numbers actually go? And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's where, you know, where we, we kind of feel, I guess, not obligated to talk about because we don't have obligated to talk about anything, but the business side to it because under 2 million, I mean, is USA getting that with somebody watching Psych or iRobot or Law & Order? Right. Yeah, you know I mean, so is MB, is NBC cool? With, if if WWE can get them to two point five with crowds, I don't think NBC Universal gives a fuck. I think we we talk about this all the time on the podcast that WWE has a long rope 
to mm-hmm. uh, fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a long rope to mess up, and they will. You know, um, and they take that credence and they do a lot of shady things. You know, like the Saudi stuff. You know, then the way they're doing business practices now and the things that we're hearing about it, it's not a good look, PR wise. But trust me, like you said, like you said, it takes it could pivot and be seamlessly um, things go back to normal. You know, and that's the sad part about it. You know, because they are that monster of a of an entity. Yeah, I mean, it was still, it was already like 10 years ago when CM Punk was doing his pipe bomb where he was like, Vince McMahon's a millionaire who should be a billionaire, but he's not because he surrounds himself with yes-men like John Laurinaitis that tell him what he wants to hear and don't innovate Uh and don't push the right people. And it's kind of true. Like, you know, like Rusev just got let go. Yep. Imagine if they had pulled the trigger on Rusev Day. They tried so hard not to let Rusev Day be a thing. And even, like, like if you can go back and remember how big Rusev Day was already with them trying to tamp it down, and imagine, like, what if they had actually ran with it? And went behind it. Yeah. Rusev done everything, too. He learned the language. He became a citizen. He trimmed weight. He put on boots. I mean, when Rusev came back from um, when when Ru- when Rusev when Rusev broke his ankle, when Rusev, uh, when we fu- when he fucked up his ankle and they made him put on boots, it gave him time to shred himself. For- oh my, he was fucking ripped, man, and came back yeah. and done the Moshka shit. Ah, oh, he was fucking money. Nah, Rusev's the man, yo. He's done yeah, everything. He's like putting you the said. hurt on longer. <laughs> <laughs> or Bobby Lashley. You know. <laughs> You better get off that fucking TikTok. Oh my gosh, she's on. <laughs> listen, if WWE's paying her, what if WWE's paying her per TikTok? Then she's gonna be on that bitch forever. I'm telling you that, man. Like, <laughs> if she's monetizing oh, TikTok, well, we might as well just block that motherfucker right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but Vin, man, thank you, bro. Thank you, man, uh, for taking the time out. Um, we're 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 really honestly available anytime kinda after, you know, this time, six to eight. Um, I know C T gets off at eight. Uh wifey usually gets off at uh I mean C T gets off at six, wifey gets off at eight over here and she usually takes you know, takes me off for dad duty. So, um I mean anytime we, we can do this again, uh we're yeah, we're definitely yeah. open to it. Um again let everybody know where we can follow you at, where we can listen to you at, what you got going on. Um, the the floor is yours, Vinny. Yeah, Wrestle Rap every every Saturday morning. Um, uh, new episodes drop wherever you get your podcast. Follow on Twitter at Wrestle Rap. Follow me on Twitter at Mighty Vin. Go follow Emilio Sparks at Emilio Sparks. Um, yeah, we've got a new episode, like I said, coming out this Saturday. We're going to be, um, I believe... I don't know what we're going to be talking about. Every time I talk to Emilio this week, <laughs> he's just I'm like, what are we doing this week? He's like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So, like, that's – so we'll figure it out. We might talk about, like, the brawl for all. We've been really getting into – Ah, like, that's – yes, that's – that's before we before we sign out, that's that's what we wanted to get – that's what we'll sign out with. How – what is your take on the Dark Side of Wrestling? I know it's been about four of them thus far. 
um, production value of it. Um, you, you, you're a journalist uh, or journalist with the journalist school. Um, how do you feel like they're being portrayed? How do you think it's being uh, presented? Um, what, what, what is your views on the dark side of wrestling? Oh, I love it. I think they're they're produced very well. I think they do a great job of not over exaggerating things. I think they like go just far enough with the dramatizations. I think the Chris Benoit one was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think they they did a good job with that of because because that one was broken into two parts, and after the first part, they kind of led you to believe that. Well, maybe in the second part, like, they'll actually talk about, like, the conspiracy theories. And, like, maybe they'll, like, are they actually going to talk about, like, maybe it didn't happen? That maybe, like, they were all murdered by someone else? Like, oh, my God. I want to have that podcast. No, yo, no, tell, no, yo, you listen, call, listen, let me, let, listen, fuck it. Fuck what CP talking about. And then they didn't. That was the great thing, Tell Emilio to hit me up, man. We can go down this conspiracy theory, man. Oh, my God. You Something, something else. No. Chris has been saying for years no, that that's what I liked about it. Cause like no, like the second half they they turned it around and were like, um, no, you idiots! Like there's no conspiracy theory. Like, <laughs> Listen, that like first that first that first episode, I'm like, are they going to do what I want them to do? And then the second episode was like, nope, he murdered Nancy, he murdered Daniel, and he murdered himself. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Oh my god, you guys gotta put it to rest. Like, there's evidence, okay? Enough with the conspiracy theory. And then at WrestleMania, they had, uh, they had Randy Orton and Edge reenact the Benoit hanging. Yeah, a lot of people said, a lot of people said that, a lot of people said that if it wasn't the documentary, people wouldn't have said anything. But to be honest, since there was a documentary, you shouldn't have hung anybody on the fucking flat machine, bro. Yeah, you pre-taped oh, okay, okay. it. <laughs> it, and you knew the documentary happened. There's no way people in that company didn't see that documentary. And why? But, but why would? But why would Randy and Edge do it out of the two yeah. people who respected Benoit the most, though? I, I don't think know. that I didn't put that together as a joke. Like this is news to me. My <laughs> mind is blown. I remember it happening, but my mind did not put those two things together at all. So, <laughs> damn, they really fucking reenacted it. That's fucked up. Like that's crazy. That's uh, no wonder it was so long, man. They were just trying to get to that controversial spot that wasn't controversial. That's, that was such a long. That was the worst match of the night. It that was, was the long, yes. Yeah, Vin, me and you friends like see i'm sorry ct it but sucks. i think we it just began snap no i mean and by him saying it's the worst match of the night now i'm not going to say it's the worst match of the night and i know me and vin's friendship is probably going to end right here when i say my best match of the night was goldberg Strowman because <laughs> Strowman <laughs> won the title <laughs> Speaking of hardcore, New Jack. New Jack was an episode of Dark Side. Yeah. Uh, that 
crazy. That that who was crazy. Fuck, dude, who the fuck knew Mustafa like uh, smoked pencil shavings? Pencil fucking shit. Now what I'm learning is a lot of wrestlers do coke, and I heard this Jimmy Snooker one. Did you? I didn't see it yet. But Jimmy, I, 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 um, the Twitter conversation was, again, another wrestler just up high up on coke and like, so what? I murdered somebody, right? And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, what is going on? So I think, bef- I, like, outside of COVID-19, wrestlers need health care. They need health insurance. They need, if, if anything, they just need therapy, right? Because... It's it. This is the fourth. This is the fourth dark side of wrestling, and of, of course, it's the dark side of wrestling. But shit, the dark side of wrestling is wrestling, right? The dark side of wrestling is the broad side of the barn for wrestling. All four dark side of wrestlings have some sort of mental health capacity. Vince Russo, Jim Cornette, them motherfuckers are retarded, right? That is mental health at its finest, right there with the ball frog shit. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Jim Cornette, like, loves wrestling after that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, man. Whether that's healthy, I don't, I mean. <laughs> and Vince that's Russo. God, I fucking, I hate Vince Russo. Vince <laughs> Russo doesn't give a fuck. Man, he's, he's No, he's, he's got... like, listen, bro. Listen, <laughs> I told him. He, listen, he's I a, good. I he, told JBL I, I was, I'm going to have someone beat you up, bro. He's the epitome of <laughs> New York <laughs> City, <laughs> man. This is, like, when he's sitting on his couch and he's like, this is actually pretty good, bro. It's like, Vince Russo is the guy who's always making excuses. Like, he's just always making excuses and just figuring out a way. Listen, bro, I forgot my whole... Listen, I did my homework, but my computer didn't save it, bro. I just, I could, you can't expect me to hand in what I don't have, bro. Come on. Listen, my the, floppy disk doesn't work. The the, not, the, 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 ass, happen, the ass talking that it was happening was like, I just wanted to see JBL get his ass handed to him. And then when he's watching it back, he's like, ooh, ooh, baby, we shouldn't have done that. Like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe you shouldn't have had untrained boxers, like, fight each other. That's like a fight club, man. They had, like, a fight club in WWE. Yeah. Can you believe this? Listen. Like, the, also, they were doing takedowns and everything. Like, I was like, wow. The most shocking thing that. about the Brawl for All is when they interviewed the Godfather, and he's like, yeah, around that time I was working uh, part-time in a, in a club, and I hated pimps. When I saw pimps, I was like, be like, you got five seconds to get out of here. And, that's, it, and that's his fucking it's biggest gimmick. It's fucking... Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. You, hate, you hated pimps? You hated your, you hated what was your biggest payday. You had your own hoe train. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. That made no sense. So, like, he hated, he hated pimps. Well, actually, know. listen, that's life. Right, you weren't, I, you weren't a good father yet. A lot of people that's that's life, though, Vinny. A lot of people turn into what they hate to make what they need, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, right? Right, like we 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 think we think wrestling is this altruism type of fucking kumbaya community. We spoke about it earlier, and here it is. No, it's a cutthroat ass business like McDonald's, where you got 600,000 employees without health care, still flipping burgers. Right, and you got all these motherfucking wrestlers that is gonna risk paralysis because one slip off the top rope, you can break your neck. But God forbid somebody coughs on me, right? 
So I and and I, man, I just hope we get it together because I miss wrestling. I miss wrestling the way it is, man. I'm selfish. I'm selfish. I'm mad that I couldn't come to Wale Mania. I'm mad I couldn't get. I'm mad I couldn't get Russell Rap to sign my shit. You know what I mean? I'm mad I couldn't go to NXT and fucking and 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 for the culture and all like wrestling matters. It matters. Doesn't matter enough. Maybe not, but it matters enough. Yeah. It mattered enough that we got Vin on our show, man. It, it mattered enough that networking yeah. that we got reasonable wrestling and wrestle rap with the collab. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so without wrestling, yeah, I, was talking to him, I was talking to Emilio before. He's like, "You do a podcast later." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why do I get invited on podcasts?" I'm like, "You don't ask people." Like, no, no. Let's let's like, keep it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it a buck. Um, let's let's keep it a buck. Emilio is Hollywood, but if Emilio ever want to pull up, he for sure can, man. The the, the the invitation is definitely open. Matter of fact, I'm about to send that tweet out right now. I'm about to thank you for coming up and, and shout you out and let let Emilio know that the invitation is always here, man. Um, but man, thank you, thank you again, Vin. I'm about to actually pop on the network myself and watch some old uh, Crispin Wild matches. <laughs> You can't, you can't. So what you do in the network, the only thing you, the, the, how you know it's a Christmas wild match. Um, every, oh, yeah, it's not like, is, you have to know what pay-per-view it is, and then like, it, it doesn't have it marked. It like, says, like it, yeah, it says Chris, it's, it's like Chris Jericho prepares for a match. Kurt Angle defends the oh. United States Championship. Like, you'll yeah. know that. Other people's names to play? Yep, yep. You, that's how you know they're wrestling Chris. Like, if you turn on a, a pay-per-view, like, usually they have like markers where like each match begins yep. so you can jump right to it. And, and when you and when there's a Chris Benoit match, there's like this long stretch that looks like like four matches in a row. <laughs> where it's just no marker. I did myself the disservice by watching WrestleMania two thousand, right? WrestleMania sixteen. And that was the triple threat of Kurt, Jericho, and Benoit. And it was the yeah. two championships on the line, the European and the Intercontinental. Great fucking match. You can't find it unless you know where you're going to, because it's in the middle of the card. And if you skip it, you'll go to the match before, and you'll end up in like the fucking main event or some shit like that because yeah. you can't find it. So you got it. So you yeah, know, man. It was probably the best match on that card, honestly. Fuck yes. It might. Yeah. 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 WrestleMania 2000 was not a great WrestleMania. No. Yeah, I watched it back. It wasn't one of the great ones, but yeah. that match was 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 great. Now, WrestleMania 2000 was the height of like. Vince McMahon putting his family in shit. It was like a McMahon in every corner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the main event. Yeah. yeah, I went back and watched it just for like research purposes. And I was like, wow, this wasn't all that. But I did like Road Dog and X-Pac and Kane and uh, Rakishi. Yeah. Shout out to Road Dog. Shout out to Road Dog. Road Dog 420 in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Vinny, man, thank you again, bro. I know that's like the eighth time we didn't said that, but we really do appreciate <laughs> yes. we, we really do appreciate you coming on, man. Um and yeah, no, thank you for having me. Um I'm gonna end up chopping this up and probably posting it um within a day or so. Um and, and then I'll 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 tag you in it when we do post it. 
Um, but it's going it's, it's gonna to be on our SoundCloud. And then whatever video I can grab from this, which I, don't, I wasn't recording video. so, But the, the podcast, the audio was definitely recorded. So I'm going to get that up and 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 put and post that so uh thanks again bro like we say anytime you're available anytime something pop up matter of fact let's see if we can let's let's see let's see let's see if we can schedule some for uh what is it double or nothing let's 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 yeah, let's 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 let's, let's, let's see if we'll, let's yeah. let's see what they do for double or nothing let's see how the car goes let's see how they do and let's get the reaction of twitter and come back and, and bring it to the folks yeah i'm down Alright man, appreciate you man. I'm about to go walk these dogs and uh <laughs> and watch some wrestling, man. Alright. Alright, good night All man, right. peace. Peace out, man. Alright. Alright, take care. Peace.